Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. I am Karina Calhoun. I am your coach, your host. I am your expert life strategist, and I'm thrilled today to have on the show yet another amazing guest who's going, I already know it, I feel it. She's going to just really drop those gems, those tools, those tips, all of that good stuff. Lauren, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. I'm excited for you to be here. So tell us, Lauren, where in the world are you? I'm in sunny Los Angeles. I love it. I went to visit LA one day. I really do. Yeah. It's sprawling. You drive. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it just keeps going. <laughs> I've heard that. I've, I've definitely heard that. I, I do have that on my list to visit at some point. The closest that I've been to California is Las Vegas. So still got a little ways to go, but yeah. you know, hey, I will get there at some point. Yes, you so will. Lauren, what took you to LA? Uh, well, I went to UCLA. I'm from the DC area and years later, I, many years later, I went to UCLA and then on to SC, the rival school for uh, my master's degree for law school. And I went at night for my master's in communication from Annenberg School of Communication, but that, yeah. Awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. So Lauren, tell us, how are you really serving the world these, these days? What have you been up to? Well, I started, I, I serve the world in a lot of different ways, but um, I started the podcast 52 Weeks of Hope after my own Dark Night of the Soul. I went mm -hmm. through that because everybody goes through it. Nobody's going through this life unscathed. And mm -hmm. when I got through this particular one, I was like, what the hell was that? And when and I... I got through that one and I was like, why are we here? I went through my own questioning period. Like, what is the purpose? What's the meaning of life kind of a thing? And I went on a quest where I thought, all right, I'm going to go and I'm going to ask a person a week for a year, just that question, like, why are we here? And I mm. thought, I'll ask an older demographic, what have you learned from living life? I'm not a DIY or anything like this. So, so that's like as close as I get to DIYing. <laughs> If that's a yeah. word, I'm not sure it's DIYing is even a word, but you know what I mean. And yeah. um, so I was a single mom raising my kids and uh, my, with my own practice and, and I give back in a lot of different areas also. So I thought I can do this, you know, just interviewing a person just for me, my own journey. And, uh, and I started doing that. I just started asking, they say nobody on their deathbed ever wished they worked harder, made more money. So I wanted to know, okay, what have you gleaned from living life? Tell me. Um, mm. I'm, I'm really kind of like, I want to know. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and I, and I always say after I went through that, because don't ever judge anybody by their outsides. You don't know anybody's mm -hmm. story. Don't like, don't assume anything. Um, I worked really hard for where I gotten and things you, you just don't know. I mean, there was a family who looked like they had it all. And I like, I would be like, I want them. I want their house. I want their, I want, and then everything just went kaput. And it, you don't know what's going on. I thought, no, I don't want their life. <laughs> no, thanks. Right. I'd rather have love and, and happiness and health and things than anyway. You know, anyway. You know, it, it, this is really intriguing. And the reason why I say that, this conversation, the reason why I say that is because when I sit down and I think about, let's just, you know, I'm not going to name any names, but 
people who have been in the media, mm -hmm. whether they are entertainers or influencers of some type, but you see how their tumultuous life begins to come forth and you see all of the things that they are dealing with behind the scenes. But yet, you know, you think about how they may have money or it appears that they have money. You're right. But when it comes down to it, their lives, like you said, no one, no one lives this life unscathed. And so when you look at what they're dealing with, it's like, oh my goodness, is it really worth it sometimes? You know, I mean, I, I, I think about, and I had this conversation with someone on another episode, we were talking about um, this gentleman that I knew many, many years ago when I lived in North Carolina, who worked at a convenience store, a little, you know, gas station store. Mm -hmm. And he, he won the lottery. And at the time there was no lottery in North Carolina. It was illegal, but people in North Carolina would travel the border and go to South Carolina and play the lottery. And he, that's what he did and he won. And so he moved his family to South Carolina. But Lauren, a year later, I go into that same convenience store and who do I see in that store? Him working again. And I said, you know, what happened? I, I thought you won the lottery. I know you won the lottery. Why are you back here? And he said, my life became miserable. He won millions of dollars, but his life became miserable. He and his wife ended up separating and divorcing. He lost mm. his family. Wow. He was, you know, he, he lost everything that he had, you know, purchased during that time. And he was back working in the convenience store. Yeah, uh, money does not no, solve it. Oh, it, it no, it, it definitely doesn't. And you're supposed to get it, put it in a trust, and like do it over time. Like, I mean, I'm money is not my area, but I mean, there's ways they say most people lose their money that win in the lottery. I mean, there's a whole thing about that. But I, I was on a podcast where four, it was a panel who was interviewing me, and I told the story, and I'll do it really quickly. Where so I started interviewing a person a week, like, why are we here? What have you gleaned from living life? And people would divulge like the most personal information to me I'm not a shrink or anything but they would really tell me and after a short period of time after about two and a half months I was like this is rich this is so good I have to share mm -hmm. it and um, I would go home and I would write it up what each person told me sometimes I'd send it to my best friend in my own verbiage not making fun of the person but funny a lot of times um, and I was like, I'm going to write one of those books and I'll call it 52 Weeks of Hope. One of those books where you open it up, you're like, that's just what I need to hear. Or you close it and you open it up again. You're like, no, that's just what I needed to hear. And um, and then COVID hit. And mm. so I did a pivot because that's what we do in life. We pivot. Mm -hmm. uh, and I started podcasting and suddenly I could interview people all over the world. Mm -hmm. um, and I wasn't confined to Los Angeles and I love podcasting. And it went from interviewing change agents and leaders and elders to now I talk to healers. I mean, half time I think it's for me. Um, and I now watch my breath. I've talked to people about breath work and all kinds of things. It's just amazing. And I love podcasting. I mean, I love it. I've, yes, I still have my law practice and everything else, but 
I absolutely love meeting new people and doing all this. So, but what I did do is I took the first 52 weeks episodes and I compiled all the messages of hope received into overarching messages and I call it the meaning of life. Mm. And, um, and what we need is we need connection. We need to physically be connected to each other. Mm. Believe me, it was not about money, just like you're saying. Yeah. And it's about love and service. It's about helping others. Mm -hmm. It's about being there for others and, and being our authentic selves, just like you're talking mm -hmm. about with this person. So, um, because when we're real, we're having, I don't want name, address, serial number, you know, what's the weather? Or yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's boring. I mean, like, uh, forget it. Like those are boring conversations. We're having real conversations to me. That's, that's what life's about. And that's, that's the real stuff. And I get to have that when I'm talking to you, um, about this guy and you know, that's sad. Like I feel sad for somebody I don't even mm -hmm. know. You know, mm -hmm. I have total empathy. I was like, Oh, he lost his marriage. That's so sad. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, um, and, oh, and, so one, somebody on the panel said to me, like, well, who are you? Because I started talking about imposter syndrome how, and, and all of that. And some people didn't know what imposter syndrome. So I started because I've delved deep into imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it's thinking you're, you know, a fake or a fraud and you're going to get yeah. found out and all of that. And they said, well, who are you to talk about all that? Where do you come from? That's what somebody asked me. So, wow. I, started, so I started telling them where I really came from because I come mm -hmm. from the streets. I come from nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, way back when and and I got myself off the street so when I landed in LA I was on the streets I had mm -hmm. nothing and I got myself off the streets slowly it wasn't like an overnight thing that's why I, I didn't know how to answer how did I get to LA <laughs> mm -hmm. um and I slowly got myself off the street and and I found hope decades ago and um and clean myself up and got a little job and, and, and everything, and then put myself through college slowly. Mm -hmm. So nobody handed me anything. And I had an attorney who used to work for me and thought Beverly Hills attorney, everything's handed to you. You know, if he had just asked me, wow, you know, don't, don't assume anything. Um, and I talk about it a lot because you don't know, you have no idea what's going on with anyone. I mean, I was raising my kids. I mean, I, I, I put everybody else, you know, I mean, I take care of my employees. I take care of my kids. I take care of everybody because that's, that's what we do. And I know mm -hmm. what it's like to have nothing. Mm -hmm. um, I've been there. So when I have anything going on, I know it's a quality problem today because yeah. I've had, I've been on the streets. I know. So, you know, and, and Lauren talking about imposter syndrome, by the way, my shirt oh, nice. is authentic. <laughs> yes. And, and so I wanted, I wanted to, you know, just when you were talking about this whole thing of imposter syndrome and you don't know, you know, what people are feeling, what they're thinking, just, you know, background and things like that. And this is one thing that I tell people all the time. Oprah Winfrey has stated that she suffered from imposter syndrome. Oh, yeah. So did my Angela. I know. My Angela. Michelle Obama talks openly yes. about it. It's, it's very high performing women. I, I mean, yes. men, like, I don't really hear about it, but I, I have a whole, I have a quiz on my website. I have a, I don't think you need a quiz. You know what, what you feel like. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, if you do, like, there's a whole thing about it. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's very high performing women. 
Yeah. And and that's the thing. I mean, it is something that, you know, I deal with, have dealt with, and sometimes it does try to rear its ugly head oh, even yeah. now. You know, I, I, I had a conversation with someone, this was about, I don't know, maybe about two years ago, I think when COVID was just starting and I was uh, supposed to be a guest on someone else's podcast and I, imposter syndrome literally gripped me, but I had a conversation with him and I told him, I said, listen, I've looked at the guests that you've had and I just don't feel like, you know, I can, you know, muster any of this. And he, and, and I told him, I said, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yay. You know, I'm going to do it anyway. I have to fight it head on. And so people are, it, this is just, I absolutely love this. I love this conversation. So if out of the 52 mm-hmm. conversations that you had, and if now, by could, the way, I'm on, I'm on a hundred week, 103, I think now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So tell us two that just absolutely, I'm sure a lot of them stand out for you. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, but tell us two that just really moved you. Okay. Andre Norman was in prison for life mm. and he went from a hundred year prison sentence to Harvard. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. He, and he's unbelievable. And I always ask somebody for their message of hope. And he said, you want a message of hope? And I mean, he has spoken at Oxford. He's spoken at, yeah, he's spoken at MIT. He, he, he's unbelievable. He goes, you want a message of hope? And he said, if you're still sitting here listening to this, and he started going on this whole thing. I made his message of hope a little tiny episode of its own. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he was unbelievable. He was trying to be the number one person in prison and something clicked. Like, how is that a goal? Right. And I got, yeah. I mean, I got such an education because even though I'm from DC, I didn't know that even in elementary school, they would just move people ahead. Mm. And I try to be woke, you know, I'm a discrimination mm. lawyer. I try to fight mm. everything. He gave me such an education. And, and my friend and I were like, we read, we soak up things. We take classes. We're like, tell us, tell us We're, you know, okay. We didn't, we don't know. And he gave me a whole new level of an education. Wow. Like he didn't know how to read. I, I go, well, wait, how did you not know how to read in fifth grade? Like, seriously, I didn't know mm-hmm. because I always said that's how I ended up going, starting to go to college. I go, well, I know how to read. I, I'm an avid reader. That's that's the one thing I did. And anyway, he started getting education in prison and, and he talks about it. He is, it is an incredible story and he's a motivational speaker today and He's, he helps people in prison, He help, but he helps people in the corporate world, and it's an incredible story. And I mean, I ask everybody, because people feel like there's, there's something inside they're here and they're meant to do, but there's so many people that won't take that leap. Mm-hmm, you, know? Mm-hmm, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and it's so I like to ask people, what had you take that leap? I mean, not him. I mean, he's right, right, yeah. right. <laughs> but I like to know what what had you take that leap, right? And um, I don't know why I'm thinking of this person because it's a lot of times it's the regular people that I think mm-hmm. are just such good interviews. Now a couple of people are going through my head. I mean, one if you want to just get out and go. Um, I just interviewed Eric the trainer, and that's just a very motivating. He's mm-hmm. the best trainer in the world, but. Um, a couple that come to mind, we need to have community. 
And yeah. I'm, I'm, I am as guilty as the next because I work from home, I podcast from home. I'm, and mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I'm good. We're on Zoom, <laughs> but it's not the same. Right. We need to physically be with each other. And this guy I interviewed, Matt Mills, just a regular guy. He, he used to be um, working at an agency in the entertainment field. And you don't need to go to Africa for a year like he did. But um, <laughs> to find himself, that's what he did. But um, he wasn't being fulfilled. And he is now a coach helping people find what it is they need to do. But um, anyway, he put a posting, say Craigslist. I don't remember where he put it, that he runs. I'm not somebody, I don't run. I'll, I'll hike, I'll walk with you, I'll do, I'll spin, I'll do a lot. I am not a, somebody that runs, but he likes to do that. So he put a, a posting, like, I'm running every Thursday morning. I'm making, I don't remember what time he said. And people start showing up to run with him. And wow. now he has a whole community every Thursday morning. It could be daily. I just don't remember the specifics, mm-hmm. but you get mm-hmm. the idea. It could mm-hmm. be that you just want to go pick up trash at the beach. I don't in your neighborhood, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. it it doesn't have to be a large group of people, but to have something that you do with others is so important. It could be feed the homeless. It could be so many things and we need that. Um, And you'll feel better after that's exactly you're so lifted up. Yeah. Yeah. Dogs together. Borrow somebody's dog. Believe me, they'll, they'll appreciate it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Lauren, so tell us where we can hear your podcast, 52 uh, Weeks of Hope. It's everywhere podcasts are, yeah. and uh, everything is on the website at 52weeksofhope.com, the number 52. Um, all the, I even have a, a quiz right now, Do You Self-Sabotage, which is kind wow. of fun. Yeah. I love it. I absolutely love it. Lauren, thank you so, so very much for being on the show today and just really dropping these gems and jewels. This has really been a great conversation. I knew it was going to be a fire starter. So do you have any last, quick last words of wisdom for those listening? Yes. Everything always works out. It might not work out on your timetable or even the way that our limited vision can see it, but it just does. I've talked to people that have been through some just incredible life circumstances. It's just the way life is. And it just always works out in one way or another. So hang in there. And if there's something that you feel called to do, do it. License session, even the smallest action towards that dream or goal. If you start taking those action steps, I don't know how this works, but it just does all these things start lining up in your life to help you buoy you along with it and the most amazing people will too they just show up it just happens i it just does i love it thank you so much lauren again for being on the show today so folks we've had lauren abrams here on the show today another amazing gems and jewels filled episode so folks i will see you all on the flip side